Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 144 of the Rink Shrinks. What do you say? You ready to go? Let's go. This episode is presented by Bet Online. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info. With all the up to minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns, get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and the Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contents available anywhere online. Head on over to betonline.ag or download the Bet Online app to get in on the action. Remember, use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your 50%. Welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Mots, we got a lot to catch up on. Uh, I know you had a little golf event. We had a busy weekend of hockey to catch up on, and and I'd love to recap the Bergeron interview. Getting a ton of feedback on uh, on Bergie. Really, uh, you know, just just awesome. And and you know, it's kind of like with the talk of the town right now. Getting Bergie. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Everybody's everybody's hitting me up. Like, how'd you get him? It's great. Yeah, I know. He he was a great interview and you know, just going around the ranks and guys texting me saying it was a great interview because he's just so genuine and you know, some of the so messages humble. that he's yeah, the messages that he said are so spot on and coming from someone who has that much experience and that much respect, um, carries a lot of weight. So very good interview and a lot of great feedback from listeners and friends who uh, who, ch- who chime in on the on the text messages and seeing around the ranks. Yeah, no, it is fantastic, and it's a it really is. It's a um, you know I was talking to a few people today, and it it's just a must listen to for hockey parents, for hockey players, you know, boys, girls, any any real athlete, right? Because he dealt with so adversities, he dealt with being cut from different teams, right? And it's a little bit of like that Michael Jordan type story where like in high, you know, high school age, and obviously in Canada, it's a little bit different, um, the age groups and leagues and things like that. But it's just, uh, it really is. And he just, he, he stayed present. He stayed with it, uh, continued to work, continue to improve and get better and better. And, you know, 20 years later, we're watching him come on the ice as one of the greatest Bruins to, to ever play and, and, and their home, home opener this year. Yeah, and, and the other thing is, is just about how you conduct yourself on the ice. We we always talked about, you know, players watching him and learning from him. We're so fortunate to have him around, you know, as Bruins fans or, you know, Bruins uh, being able to see him game in, game out, right? right so then he, right. he's a perfect example. But across the league, you know, he's arguably the best defensive forward to ever play. And yeah, I, I wouldn't mean, say arguably. He is. Yeah, Fact. So, right. So that's – uh. One area, and then how to conduct yourself off the ice, and that mentality thing, like you're touching on, it's it's one of those things that you know these kids coming through, dealing with some adversity, and how you deal with it, and how you respond is the most important thing. And then finally, like the leadership part of it, uh, he grew into being a leader. I'm sure he was a leader all the way through, just the way he is. But you know, leading with you know other other players on the team by committee, leading by example, and knowing when to say the right things at the right time. Um, you know, kind of all adds up to being a, a quality person, quality leader. And, you know, he passed that on to uh, Marshawn and he's going to lead his own way, but he talked about that. And that's, that's the, the cool thing about kind of le- leaving a legacy um, in the right one you know, at, at the same right. time. Right. I know you had a, um, you know, great stuff on that, but I know you had a uh, little golf tournament, obviously for, uh, for, you know, the late Dave Gove. So how, how did that go? Unfortunately, 
I uh, I wasn't able to get down there, but I'm sure you guys had a good day and and raised some money and everything and did did a uh, you know did did what you do on the golf course, right? Had some fun and some laughs. Yeah, no, it was it was awesome. You know, uh, a lot of we had over 90 golfers show up for the first year, and oh, that's fantastic. Some, yeah, some great auction items, and we went through the Borg Foundation, and Ray mm -hmm. came down and oh, did he? That's great. Yeah, he played and spoke to the group afterwards, and um you know it was just really nice for him to number one lend his his like resources yep you know he's like a holding company for the money and then we can earmark it you know accordingly and then um you know just to be there and be and the cool part is it was a lot of people that we like you knew everyone who who showed up mm -hmm. you know, close friends and teammates or even opponents of dave right and um you know so his, his former girlfriend his son uh were able to come to the after his sister uh, brother-in-law mm -hmm. so it was a nice event you know kicking it off and, and like ray said to the, to everyone was like this is just gi1 and it's going to grow and grow and we have some ideas for next year already and uh the golf was good I, I played with my buddy's uh sister and her friend and they both played college golf so we we're getting a crazy advantage from the the upfront tees and just pound they're just pounding balls so i hit like two good drives and they, they're like 25 yards ahead of me so we, we had such an advantage uh, on that but it was it was a great day it, we, we got dumped yeah, on a coming from the coming from the guy that's like yeah i don't care about the wins and losses he takes <laughs> yeah. two two college golfers on his team like you kidding me yeah I'm well, you know, Man, so was, oh oh you you guys don't have anyone to play with yeah i i, I guess i'll, I'll just slide in you. Yeah, yeah yeah no biggie nah no it biggie. was uh it was a lot of fun and we just gave out one Prize to the first place, but you know, again, a lot of great silent auction Game to items. yourself. Yeah, pretty much. No, <laughs> no, there was some good golfers there, and but it was a great day all around, and we appreciate everyone that showed up and supported. It was a donation page, and uh, raised quite a bit of money for uh, the right reasons. And we're going to continue to do it. No, that's great, fantastic. Obviously, next year we got to get it on the calendar a little bit earlier, so I can uh, make sure I have the day off and all that stuff because. Uh, Really want to be there in any of those events. So obviously, like you said, it's a uh, it's important, and that's what the hockey community does is 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 give back, especially uh, you know somebody that went through something so uh, so tragically. So great work by you and and everybody that uh, helped you 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 put it together. So uh, you know to get ninety golfers in such short notice. I know there were some other golf tournaments this week too. So it's like busy time of year. So it's 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 not easy to uh, to be able to get 90 player people in uh in one spot that's for sure yeah you know it's a testament to the hockey community and you just kind of sticking around and guys catching up hadn't seen each other in a while and it was just a, a really really good event i'm glad it went off uh, without a hitch and got to uh, credit a lot of the guys that put a lot of effort into getting everything in order and next year i think we're going to try and do a little uh hockey to to uh you know before the golf you know, maybe some three on three cross ice for like an hour and a half, do, and then we could do like an Olympics. Yeah, yeah. So you know, just or like a, a triathlon of like you know, hockey, golf. What, what could be the other one? Well, I guess uh, drinking. Yeah, that would yeah, be the, the third the, leg. The the trifecta. That would be the that'd be the third leg. You got yeah. hockey, you got golf, and uh, and, and some drink. socials and telling some lies. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there it is. That's, I the, think, that's uh, the third I'll, piece. I'll thrive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I know the kids. Uh, I'm sure were busy. I know. I know the CEO was on the road. She was down in DC. Uh, but you were local. Did you have a bunch of games? Yeah, we played uh, three games on the weekend. Uh, went two and one. Um, I actually won one and one. They they tied it up late. Uh, Eleven seconds. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, good quality games. Um, and it's just like one of those things where you, you you keep saying some of the same messages and, you know, either the light bulb goes off or it doesn't, you know, and it is yeah. the split season, but also, I mean, in tight games, like even at men's league, you just tighten it up, you know, you just, you know, you, you don't give away leads. Even in the Dave Gove trifecta next year, uh, exactly, we'll, we'll be locking it down if we're up by a goal late. That's that's exactly right. So you have to know how to do it, but I think a lot of players, you know, coming through just aren't valuing the stuff that say Bergeron referenced during his interview. And yep. 
and again, it's just simple, simple stuff that means so much as you play at higher levels or, you know, tighter games. And, you know, it's very, um, you know, it's tough to gain, get offense at times when you're playing against tight, you know, opponents and better competition. But you want to be tight, you know, to play against. It's right. just it's very simple. That's real mind. hockey. That's what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's that, that's hockey like that. The days of, and I've, I've had this conversation with my peewee majors, right? They're 2011s, and it's like the messages aren't much different than what you're saying, right? It's it, the days of the best player going end-to-end all the time. Like, yes, does it occasionally happen? Yeah, once in a while, right? But not not as much as it used to. That's for damn sure. Yeah, but we're going to get into uh... – you know, some of the NHL stuff that kicked off, but there was one quote from Luke Richardson, who coaches the Chicago Blackhawks, talking to Connor Bradad, and he was like, you know, his advice, you know, his, his advice to him was just don't try and do too much. Yep. Let's just say you have a um, yeah, one on three. You may not be able to kind of push forward and move forward with success like you did in junior, right. you know, and, and try and do stuff on your own. These are the best players in the world, and you have to pick your spots and know when to attack. Yeah. So that that's just we're trying to say the same things here, you know, to the, to our our groups. You know, like you have to know. So when you say playing the game the right way in certain areas, you have to know that. And we, I think, as coaches, we, we as as a you know a whole, we have to explain those and re-explain them and continue to stay on it because it does matter when you stop playing real hockey. And it's, I mean, it's just that's at the highest level. Right, you know, yep. you're playing against some top players, and you know, it could be age appropriate, but you also want to know where and when to dance and when to just kind of live to fight another play. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's it's a great quote, and obviously, with with seeing Connor Bedard get started here, and and you know, two games in, he's got two points, a goal, and assist, and it, it it's great to see, and he's a magical player. He's gonna be a lot of fun to watch for the next um 20 years right but there's going to be some there's going to be some ups and downs right in his game it's going to be different than his junior and i think every superstar kind of has to figure it out a little bit right so i think that's a great quote by by richardson and um you know because you can remember when patrick kane when Sidney crosby like they all battled some ups and downs and you know especially they're on a team where you know, you, you got Taylor Hall and Ryan Donato playing on the first line with Connor Bedard that aren't, you know, particular like first round, first line players at this stage of their career. So, which is great. Like you, you love to see, I love to see a Ryan Donato getting the opportunity to play with Bedard. Like he, he could score 25, 30 goals this year, just battling for, for position in front of the net. Like his, his goal that he scored on uh, night one against Pittsburgh goal. was just a great little push off. And he, he, yeah. he, he created a little space for himself in tight and, and buried. So it's like, you love to see that type of stuff, but um, you know, you can see a kid like Badad trying, you know, is going to want to do so much and be that quick fix and that next McDavid or Crosby or whoever it is. And uh, it's, it's the best league in the world, right? So it's it's never going to be that easy. Yeah, it seems like the puck always finds him. He's always in position to get the puck, and he's he's going to get his opportunities. You know, he's the, the puck is on a stick quite a bit. Uh, the one thing that I did laugh at, you know, opening night against Crosby. Did you see that thing with Army uh, on? Was it Sportsnet? It was like a little clip. the face-off thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was cool. So then Crosby during the game was he rinsed them you know five times in a row yeah you know yeah. it was just that just shows uh you know sid still has it like hey he's probably embarrassed for losing that little yeah right know, kind of little bet you know oh he, he was he, taking notes oh yeah he was taking notes so that was uh but you know again like talking about details of the game they're gonna come as he gets mature and more mature and more experience and kind of gets his feet wet but like face-offs in particular like guys are in the league in particular to just take face-offs and like that's their job to win face-offs or tie them right. so he he'll he'll come you know that'll come and then the d zone is another whole animal that you know that just speeds up on you as, as good players make plays and kind of are doing things that you haven't seen uh at the junior level or college or whatever it is so it's uh, it's going to be a learning curve in certain areas, but you know he's a pretty electric player when he has the puck. And 
for you as a coach, coaching basically 05s and 06s at the U18 level, it must be pretty reassuring to when kids don't listen to you and be like, so you know that Connor Bedard's the same birth year as you guys, right? Yeah. And you're playing here at, like, you know, Saturday yeah. night at the nine o'clock game down the Ponset <laughs> rink. Um, pretty sure you might want to listen to me. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. I, I was talking to Ryan uh, about it. He's, Bedard's two days younger than him. Yeah, you know? and it's like he's like, huh? Yeah, you know that's. I mean, <laughs> he's a pretty special player, but I'm like, hey, you gotta understand that not everyone is gonna be, you know, moving on and whatnot. But you, you know that he's playing against the best players in the world, and he's your age. So mm. I mean, you can you can learn a few things from just some of the things that he does, the way he works out and trains, and his mentality, and you know, just take pieces of even age appropriate, you know, elite players like him. Absolutely. Um, how did the weekends go? I know um, Brooke was down. She was down in D.C., right? So how did uh, how that tournament shake out? Yeah, so. Um, she's getting tall, by the way. I saw her picture on yeah, Instagram. She's, she's stretching. Yeah. yeah. I was like, holy crap. Yeah. No braces and stretching out a little bit, you know? Yeah, you're in trouble, dude. Yeah, she, uh, yeah, caught, hopped in uh, the car with. Uh, hopped just- in the shagging wagon. Yeah, like a little carpool with uh, Brooklyn and Jess Metzler. Mm-hmm. Bro- Brooklyn's a goaltender, uh, you know, kicking uh, back there. And Jess is a good friend. Um, so they yeah, kind of broke. Awesome. Didn't, uh, you know, wasn't as long as a ride if it was just Court and, and Brooke, you know. Yeah. So they got down there and, you know, the, the team uh, had a, you know, successful outing. Went four and one, um, lost in the finals to the Terriers, who were, had a strong team down there. And, um, they lost with an empty netter. Uh, Nothing like a nine-hour car ride and, <laughs> and, and play a team that's five minutes away from your house. Exactly. You know, that's what they <laughs> the were championship, saying. championship, that's fantastic. Yeah, they, they played Acibet as well, which is, would be like a 35, 40-minute ride. Mm. So, yeah, but uh, outside. Nah, it's all of, about the experience. Yeah. No, it was, you know, it was a nice trip for them outside the, the rink, though. They, they were like tourists. They were like little tourists. And, like, when I was on the road, Sometimes, um, you know, you have some downtime, and I always wanted to check out a landmark mm-hmm. in a visiting city. And these girls took full advantage of their time down there, going to the uh, Arlington Cemetery, um, the Tomb of the Unnamed Soldier, which is guarded 24-7. Um, yep. Pretty cool. The Eternal Flame, uh, Washington Monument, you know, that Eternal Flame where JFK and Jackie O are, uh, yep. their graves are, and so just seeing, you know, a little bit of the... A uh, little bit of history. Yeah, the history of, uh, you know, D.C. and, you know, the, drove by the Pentagon. So it was a really cool trip outside of having some success on the ice. And the girls had a lot of fun and, and made it back. Uh, you know, again, they had to wait to get, you know, into that championship game and then they hit the road. And yep. it was a long day. They didn't get back till after midnight. And I know that facility they played at looked unbelievable. Court was sending us some uh, some some videos and pictures that that I mean they looked yeah. like they had everything all wrapped in one. Yeah, the St. James uh, Sports Complex. Um, Court was saying it's impeccable. It has everything, you know, from field hockey to soccer, water park, uh, everything you can you can have under one roof. And it was uh, slides, all that stuff. Yeah, just clean and well run and. So that's in um, Springfield, Virginia, and it looks like a real nice destination for anyone who's looking for a tournament. And you know, check out my hockey rankings and see if it's a see if they got anything pro- going down there. Yeah, so that, that was uh, that was a, a very successful trip all around. You know, the girls had fun and uh, the adults had fun too. So win win. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, that's great. Shout out to the, you know, both teams, obviously the Terriers team. So they're U14s, right? Because I think I saw something yeah. right? so that, you know, they played each other in the finals. So Terriers break is finals, uh, which is great. And, and congrats to the Terriers and the break is for, hey, you know, first place, second place. That's a good showing for, for doing some travel. I think that's uh, that great on uh, on all the kids. So successful weekend and uh Yes, it was. Uh, you know, I'll tell you about my little trip. Yeah, um, Motown. Out to Motown, uh, hockey town, Motown. 
Eight Mile Town, you name it. I didn't get to Mom's Spaghetti, but that was probably the only only letdown of the trip. So I I, I could go on for days uh, because it was it was pretty memorable. So we had the early flight out on Thursday morning, head out there, um, cut me off at any point in time here. <laughs> so early flight Did out. Did you have a snack? Did you have a snack on the um, on the plane? <laughs> no, you know what? I asked for those pop chips, but they didn't have any, so that was disappointing. Yeah. Uh, Jet Blue flight—that's usually the staple. Those pop chips. I don't care what time of day it is, uh, but early—that's super easy flight from Boston to Detroit. I can't remember like it being that quick. It was easy. Yeah, Two a couple hours. hours. Yeah, yeah. Like I think it was like hour and twenty-seven minutes. So that was a good start. Get to the airport. Get to Detroit. Um, we, I got, you know, Dave Cooper that I coach with. He was on a Delta flight about the same time. So we we're going to meet at the rental car spot, um, you know, so whatever. But we were in there plenty of time, nice and early Thursday. Games didn't start till Friday. Uh, luggage starts coming out. Obviously, you got to check the hockey bag, check another bag. Liam had his carry on. What happens? We're sitting there. I see some, some, uh, obviously, Liam's team's 2011 Terriers, so I see some uh, younger Eagles, some younger Top Gun kids, so full of hockey bags to flight, uh, people pulling their stuff off, and no hockey bag. I'm like, oh, boy, <laughs> JetBlue, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Um, no, no, no luggage. I'm sorry, no hockey bag. Sticks came. Um, it was just like, you know, I'm like, you know the hockey bags, the hockey bag. Like you saw the sticks. Why wouldn't you just put the bag and leave somebody's clothes off? Like you can always go get clothes. You know what I mean? But it was standing in line. Uh, so so long story longer. We're standing in line. We get to the you know now I got to go talk to the people at the um, you know baggage lost type area, right? Which is always a good time filling out paperwork. I look in front of me. I'm like this lady looks familiar. Kid's got a Top Gun hat on. Um, it was Marina coin Keith's wife. Right. So his bag got lost too. uh, Keith's yeah, their, their son. So his bag didn't make the trip either. So now we're both sitting there like losers filling out baggage claim things. Um, you know, I can hear them on the phone with Keith who's scouting for Colorado now. And, and he's like in Nashville or going to Nashville. He was going on the road, going to watch games. I'm like, Oh, this is horrible. But I know that, there's a flight coming later from Boston. I'm like, so hopefully my bag's just there. They tell me and they tell um, Coiner that their bag, that our bags are in JFK. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you put the bag going to JFK? Yeah. You know what I mean? So this is a direct flight. It makes no sense. And I mean, the lady can't do anything. I'm like being nice. It's not her fault. Like she, she wasn't in Boston. She's been in Detroit. And yeah. I'm, I'm sure you're real nice. I was. I okay. <laughs> I have like a thing about that. I'm like, what's she going to do? She didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's just like a punching bag for all these people. And um, so long story short, the bag, my bag was not at JFK. It was still in Boston. It got on the next flight. Um, Coiner's son, his bag somehow came from JFK to Detroit. And but that was so their bag got there a little earlier. Our bag got there a little bit uh, later, but it was fortunate enough that there was a bunch of Boston people on that flight, some people on my team. So they ended up grabbing Liam's bag. So I didn't have to make another trip down to the airport, um, you know, for that 530 p.m. flight that that got in. So that was a a great start to the trip. Uh, (laughs) But it's like such a pain. I'm like, dude. Well, you can't just put the bag on like you know we need these hockey bags yeah well i mean you never know it could have been just like a uh but they they bat they tag them in in boston it's it, it should be like a no-brainer you know yeah. but with but the then sticks. Like, you know you never know about like weight and all that you know and they just kind of make their own decisions but that would yeah. i don't know if that would be the, the case yeah i just yeah but Every, everything came and uh, and whatever. So we had Thursday to kill, and uh, Ryan Bork is out at the National Development Program. Dave Lassonde is the goalie coach who coached me up at UNH. And um, so I said, hey, why don't we take a ride to Plymouth and kind of check out the National Development Program? Uh, I knew that they were in town because I was talking to Chris Bork, 
And, you know, Ryan was nice enough. He said, yeah, yeah, come by the practice. So we, um, we ended up watching the, the 18s practice. The 17s were doing some, um, you know, some skills on the other ranks. So they have two sheet facility, which was really cool. Um, it was interesting, Mots, because it was like even watching them practice, like, you know, with everybody's doing a lot of the same type of stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like middle lane drive, like all this stuff. And I'm like, it was great just to watch the practice, watch how intense those guys practice. Um, obviously, Matt Gilroy's there as the, he's an, another assistant coach with the under 18 team, as, along with Borky. Um, you know, so it was really good to, to, to see those guys were able to, you know, um, Ryan was able to 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 give the kids a little tour of the the locker room and the video room and where they do their you know they those guys are in online schooling and everything too so they kind of showed the the classroom and the offices and um, and all that stuff so it was, it was you know pretty nice treat uh, to see some of those guys obviously um, Rod Braceful who I'd love to have him on the show he he kind of helped and took us around a little bit. He's the uh, USA Hockey Director of Player Personnel for for the team and stuff. He had been working with the Blackhawks the last last few years. He's a Michigan guy, but he was fantastic. You know, took the kids in the shooting room and the the weight room and all that stuff. Uh, Liam and one of his body buddies. So it was it was really cool. And then we were able to catch up with uh, with Cole Eisenman and and uh, Will Scahan, who obviously his dad Sean was was on the program with us. And Will is going to Wisconsin. He's a big big boy but i coached him when he was about you know 10 11 years old when sean was at bu for the year so it was uh it was a nice little treat you know it, it got over the lost luggage pretty quickly i was like <laughs> i'm like Borky, can we just outfit him in in, in usa gear like yeah you know yeah a little, little uh freeze uh, free you'll take three yeah absolutely yeah. 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 No, that's well, good. So how we the on ice best, go? We were, on, we were on our best behavior. We were on our best behavior. And then we started out the uh the next day it was fantastic. Um we great, great tournament. Um the you know, the hockey town uh classic. They had a bunch of different age groups, um, bunch of different people, you know, able to catch up with a lot of guys. Jimmy Howard was uh was coaching at different age groups, uh, so he was in the rank, but tournament the competition was 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 really good um we started out uh first game against the Sudbury Junior Wolves which you know Canadian team they uh they had a lot of uh a lot of big boys like it was a battle it was a tough way to start the the, the tournament uh, they gave us a good test we were able to to beat them and then we played the Oakland Junior Grizzlies on on Friday evening, Friday night, uh, which was another good game, but they ended up beating us. So it was a good little, all right, we're one and one, like, but really good competition. We had played those guys down in Florida a couple times last year, and uh, we're really good games there where we beat them twice. So they, uh, you know, they knocked us off, which was good. Uh, you know, a good little wake up call, like I said. Um, woke up Saturday morning. Played, uh, you know, after after going to to bed by, uh, you know, got the kids to bed early and the adults enjoyed some cocktails in the uh, in the lobby. Uh, but we played the L.A. Junior Kings, which, you know, like my hockey rankings, I think they were the, the, the number two team in the country. So every every team that we played was like top 10 team uh, by my hockey rankings, including us, which was great. So L.A. Junior Kings had an absolute wool with them, beat them one nothing. Um Saturday night, which was now the quarterfinals, we played Philly Hockey Club, which was another good, strong team. We're able to to, to knock those guys off, advance to Sunday, and and you know that's what I said to the kids. I'm like, hey, it's what it's all about. Like we you know we don't come to tournaments, um, you know we've been doing it for a long time. We don't come here to go home on on Saturday, right? Like it's all about being around and and hanging on Sunday morning. So we uh, we played the Dallas uh, Junior Stars, which they were a really good team, um, you know, very well coached, good game with those guys. We ended up knocking them off in the semis, um, and we played – who did we play? And then we ended up playing the Pittsburgh um, – the Penns Elite, in the, who we played in Rochester earlier in the season – um, you know, they won some games actually that, that Sudbury team knocked off little Caesars. So it was like really good parody throughout the whole thing, but we ended up playing, uh, Penn's elite in the finals, unbelievable hockey game, like unbelievable mm-hmm. hockey game. Uh, one, nothing. We beat them, ended up taking down the 2011, uh, champion 
flagship of the the, the hockey town classic. Nice. Uh, with, it was it was it, it was really good. And like you said, um, you know, talk to the kids over and over again about just competing and and making the right plays and doing the little things. And this Penns team is a really really good hockey team. Um, you know, I think by the rankings, like every everybody was is was was a top ten team. You know what I mean? And anybody could beat anybody on on any given day. So uh, really good battles with those guys. I had like. They had a live stream. Those guys do. Yeah. Some of the parents on the Penns team, they do. They, they announce the game. And I mean, so I had like Keith down in Florida. He's watching. He's like, those announces were incredible. Oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah. It was like it, it full on. But it was it was, like I said, great hockey. Um, and then, dude, how about this tight game? I got a 553 flight. Championship starts at three. All right. <laughs> Yeah. Last jet blue flight out. I got to work Monday morning, even though it's a holiday. I'm like, I, I got tell the be- refs no icings. Oh, dude. I said to the ref, I'm like, Hey, uh, what are they, what do you, you know, I just like lobbed it out there and he's like, ah, probably be a tough one. I'm like, Oh Jesus, here we go. But the refs actually did a great job. Uh, so I said, to them, so tight game D zone draw. They had already called the timeout previously. I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, oh my God, it's four o'clock already. Like four <laughs> or five. <laughs> they got the goalie pulled. I'm like, this is like, you know what? Hey, worst case scenario, I'm sleeping at the airport tonight. And it, it, like, it is what it is. <laughs> the call, call a timeout, got the guys kind of aligned. I had, it was a panic timeout too. Like, they were both lined up. I'm like, timeout, timeout, timeout. Uh, got it in. Quick little speech to the guys. Um, kids were able to pull it out. You know, couple. Of, it was it, it was a great game and ended up. One of the parents had the. I went two other dads and and their boys. They were on the same flight. Uber waiting. Um, Uber XL waiting outside the rink at four, ten. Yeah. Rink was thirty three or so minutes away. Like that's what it said on the GPS. Going downtown, the Lions had a one o'clock game, yeah. so we're like, we're we're factoring all these variables in in our heads. We end up getting to the airport by like four fifty five ish. No line at JetBlue. Bing bang, TSA pre check. As we're walking onto the like through security, our flight is gate is right in front of us, and they're like, last call for flight, you know whatever 14 12 to to boston and we're like thank you right into the plane it was unbelievable uh, talk about a weekend dude i couldn't yeah. believe we made this flight and like the other dads like if we didn't make this flight because that timeout you called <laughs> 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 like, i'm like what about these idiots they celebrate everybody has red and red white and blue ter- i'm sorry red and white terrier gloves and they all fire them up in the air I told him, like, dude, as soon as this game ends, win, lose, a draw, like, it's a quick photo op or a quick handshake and get off the ice. I'm like, we're, we're searching for gloves around the ice. I go, you couldn't, you idiots couldn't just left your helmet and gloves like right next to the bench. You had to yeah. throw them. Yeah. But I guess they're 12 years old. That is what it is. Yeah, that, They're that excited. Like, right. Great weekend. Great result. Mm. And uh, making the flight was like the cherry on top. Dude. It was unbelievable. It was to be on my couch (laughs) watching Sunday night football at nine o'clock was like, it was unbelievable. That's awesome. It was unbelievable. It was good stuff, man. Yeah. Um, No, it was good. It was great trip and great. um, You know, it it was just a good overall experience. The kids had fun. Um, It was, it was really good. Spring. Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. 
That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, and to have the my hockey rankings like you know slotted slotting teams appropriately, so you have great competitive games, and you know, like you said, either way it could have gone. Um, you know, according to the day, that's that's what you want. You want these kids to be challenged in every game that they play uh, in these tournaments, and then you know come out on top and it's okay to lose at times as long as you're you're playing uh you know good quality competition right so that's mm-hmm. that's good yeah no it was like good it. it was good uh obviously we're we're you know excited this is kind of a mixed mail mix mixed bag type of episode recapping a lot of stuff but um you know it's good to see the nhl off the ground uh tough look for the bruins jerseys i wasn't a big fan of those with the helmet combo uh, but hey, they pulled out the W versus Bedard. Obviously, he had his first goal. I want to ask you about the, you know, what was it like um, at the NHL level going through training camp and cuts? And, you know, I was excited to see like Ryan Shea. He stuck this year, one of our, you know, original guests on the Ring Shrinks. And he's been grinding down in, in Austin, Texas as a Dallas Stars. Um, you know, prospect, and now he's signed with Pittsburgh, and he's up. He didn't play in in, in game one. He's kind of hanging out, but all it takes is like, hey, one little bump of bruise, and and hopefully he gets in the lineup, right, and and never looks back. But yeah, what was no, it like for you? Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it's a stressful time when you don't when you're not like a real high caliber player, and you have an opportunity to make a team, you know, you just want to put your best, you know, foot forward and, and, and show what you can do. And sometimes you can press and, you know, certain times uh, early in my career, I think that's what happened, you know, and, you know, there's opportunity in different organizations. So you get sent down, you know, when you get cut, it's not great. Um, You know, I, I was talking about this the other day to someone about, the third year blues right so like i played really well my second year in the ahl like i would say with any other organization other than the rangers because they would just grab some high priced you know free agents who have uh, been established in the league mm-hmm. instead of promoting from within you know like it, the ahl was it, it slowed down for me and i was a pro i got into a routine and you know i was ready to make that jump and i i went to training camp the third year i got sent down and I was I was just mentally kind of crushed, um, yeah. and the AHL wasn't as easy that year, you know, because right. I was fighting it, you know, and that was so I had a little bit of a a tough, you know, go to start the season, and then, but like getting, uh, you know, cut is tough, and then, but you know, talking about Ryan Shea there, and I, I talked about it uh, with preparation and opportunity, and when those things come together, and you have an opportunity, you have to take advantage of it after kind of getting your say pro legs under you whether it be the ahl and you know for me and you know that that came with the new jersey devils and i was you know pretty excited but you know because i would go into the locker room every day and think my bag was going to be packed right you know and i'm just like you know and, and then opening night down in tampa i was i was still in the stall and you know in the lineup and you know, I didn't look back from there. And, you know, once you get a taste of it, you don't want to let it go. So you'll do whatever it takes to be mentally dialed in and practice and games and do, you know, the best you can. So that was a real turning point in my career, but it didn't happen until, you know, six, seven years into my, my playing, my professional playing career. Right. So that's like the one thing that I try to tell kids, uh, you know, like the Riley Walsh who, who, was at Harvard and he was with yep. the Devils organization and with the Bruins now. Yeah, he's like down he had, in Providence now. Yeah, yeah, but he had a great camp. He had right. a great camp, and you know, there's there's some opportunity there in Boston for him. And what I said to him was like, you got to find your game number one because he has a lot of offensive upside, and you know, mm-hmm. he has some some instincts and can shoot the puck. But you got to be reliable as well because if you don't do offense like so well, like above and beyond, then you know the the coaches you just kind of in between and the coaches won't rely on you to be out there on five on five 
Right. So you want to be able to know your game, understand you take care of the, the D zone first and then find those opportunities to jump. And um, what I was saying, Boston uses their weeks idea time. Montgomery wants to get up the ice a ton, but you just want to take those calculated risks versus just forcing it. You know, when, when the um, situation presents itself, then you take advantage of it. And I thought he played really well in the exhibition and, that was just some of the advice that I had. And I was just like, stay with it, stay with it, stay with it, even if you do get sent down. Yeah. Yeah, no, I talked to Matty Thomas down there, and he said he looks really good, and they're going to be banking on him, obviously having a big season in Providence. And, um, you know, hopefully he's one of those guys that gets called up, right, and and those guys that that pay their dues. But, um, you know, they, they make it work. But I think it's great to, to, to hear your story, right, and just – Staying with it, you got a taste of it early with the Rangers and then grinded down in the minors. And and now, you know, and then after a few years, like you said, next thing you know, you're in the lineup and you're an NHL regular. So pretty cool. Uh, obviously, two, 208 American players on opening night rosters this year. That's got to be a, a pretty nigh, pretty high number compared to others. So great to see uh, all those USA, these USA guys, um, you know, getting in the mix and, and you know, right away uh on nhl you know rosters right off the rip here yeah it just shows you know the strength of usa hockey and you know the the continued development at multiple ages and you know getting guys to the highest level and that's uh that's a pretty big number you know i'm sure if we break it down uh we can probably get some stats and you know canada always usually leads the way and then you know but the european countries you know like we went through the draft right you know we you know, the, these guys have earned it and, you know, worked their way up. And some of them are high end and some guys are, are role players, but it's where you want to play. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, some sad news, obviously, Barry Melrose, who's been around, um, you know, been around the NHL, it seems like for forever, uh, at least most of my lifetime, obviously coaching with the LA Kings, with Gretzky and, and then, you know, down in Tampa, but he's, he's really been a staple at ESPN forever. And, I got to meet him years ago, him and, and Butchergrass doing the, uh, you know, college hockey games, right? The NCAAs when, when I was playing and was a super nice guy, super intelligent hockey guy. Um, and obviously he's, you know, retired from ESPN battling uh, Parkinson's disease. So, you know, our best wishes are with him. I know there was a lot of heartfelt messages. Obviously Bucci said a lot and hopefully we can get, uh, Bouchergrass on the show soon enough, and 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 he can talk about his boy Barry. But um, you know, it'd be, it be it is sad to not have uh, you know Barry Melrose on the on the TV, and hopefully he is uh, you know feeling okay and, and battling with his family. Yeah, it's sad news, and he's such a personality, right? You know, from yeah. a player to a coach to a broadcaster, he always brought his own spin on things, and you know, never really, uh, you know, could fit him into a box, right? Like he was always, uh, his, his take was his take and he's standing by it. And yeah, you know, um, you know, I think one of the things that he N- said, NHL, to, what was it NHL tonight on ESPN back in the day? Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, ESPN no. too. <laughs> right. Right. And if the deuce, the deuce, yeah. the deuce. So yeah, he's been around for a long time and it's been a, a very, uh, important Better person than the in show growing the game of hockey um and you know i think there was a, a comment said right he was asked about what his fondest kind of memory was and he's like that 92 yeah. kings run he's like we'll just have to rewind it and and you know beat the canadians that year <laughs> so but um yeah he'll be missed on the telecast and around the ranks but uh we wish him and his family the best as uh it's a very tough disease uh, to see someone go through Absolutely. Uh, and back to that other point. So USA, I was just we, we got some stats here to us. Canada with 305 um, Canadian born players starting on NHL roster. So USA is doing all right, catching up. And, uh, you know, so it's a, it, it is pretty good. So good stuff. Uh, obviously, you know, a couple other notes here. Lindy Ruff, uh, you know, multi-year extension with New Jersey. They're going to be a fun team to watch, Mots. Yeah, and this is another thing I wanted to mention about uh, watching some of these early games. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to what, you know, we do as coaches at whatever level. Um, you know, Lindy Ruff, uh, Mike Sullivan, um, it was uh, a couple other references where they want you to play fast, right? Yep. 
They want their teams to play fast, but that's not about skating fast with the puck. But it's about moving, moving the puck and getting fast. it, moving it fast and moving it north and playing with pace. You know, mm-hmm. like as the puck is moving fast, yeah. that's how you play fast. And New Jersey does it. You know, Pittsburgh. Um, you know, every every broadcaster that was was talking about the the coach's message was talking about playing fast and it was about moving the puck first and foremost so that's like a good message to send to um you know our younger players who listen and our coaches that you want to always uh, emphasize that by moving the puck because it's starting from the top down right and that's a good message to kind of get into the uh, the habits of of young players, move it, expect it back. That's what I like to say. But it's yeah. you move the puck and, and and you can play with much more pace. Yeah, I mean, most of your better the 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 high end skilled players are your forwards too, right? So on the back end, it's like I have some really good kids that I coach. But it's like the quicker we get the puck, like going north and get it up the ice to those guys, and we get it into the offensive zone, then we're in the fun zone, and everybody's touching it right like that's where no matter where if you're d jumping up into the rush now you're going to have great opportunities to 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 pick up points right whether it's assists or goals or shots on net uh good things are going to happen there so like you said that quick touches not dusting it off too much uh is is such a important message and it's like you said uh you know watching the ntdp the, those you know they're the best 17 18 year olds in in the country at the very least uh, for the most part. And it's like the same thing, like the same messages are being said to those guys, like up quick. Like it's not, you know, there was no toys out on the ice as Adam Oates likes to say, and them jumping over it and stuff like that. Even in the skills, um, watching those guys do some of their skill practices, like everything was, you know, a quick spin puck protection, get it to the net, like that type of stuff. You know what I mean? Like get it down low below the dots or, yeah, you know, game appropriate. Yes, yes, exactly. So um it it like great point by by you and it's uh this is the 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 game sense and everything that it needs to continue to be worked on. Yeah, like sometimes I mean it is good to work on certain skills, but you have to understand when to use them and you know if you can apply certain skills to a game instead of you know, kind of doing some silly stuff that um, Oti was saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he, he has his opinions, and oh, and that's the, for sure. But he's spot on with a lot of it. So that's uh, you know something to consider as coaches. You know, it's the same message, and we want to kind of you know look at the best players doing what's successful and kind of like work it down and continue to like send the right message to our players. Right. No, definitely. Uh, on some other notes, before we wrap up here, uh, you know, Hockey Canada, new Hockey Canada policy, minor hockey players required required to wear a bottom layer to the dressing room or change in the washroom. Uh, kind of, you know, weird little thing. Uh, you know, I'm not sure how I feel about it. It's just kind of, um, you know, what are we doing here? Do you, do you, what are we doing? Yeah, I, I think it's just a real lightning rod of a policy. I mean, like yeah. you, you're just really trying to, you know, enforce something that has been around. You know, if the, the there's any incidences, yeah, that's it's not you know appropriate. But I would say the locker room is like a sacred spot for kids to be, you know, grow up, and that's mm-hmm. their space. You know, right. and that and that's it has to be kind of monitored to a, a certain degree at certain ages, but ultimately, you know, the the kids love to get into the locker room so they can have their time and chat it up with their teammates and whatnot. But um, I just think it's uh, just kind of pressing an issue that doesn't need to be forced. And you know, I've heard some rumblings that, you know, that it's, it's kind of being done in reaction to something, but I will yeah. say I don't, I don't really agree with it. That's my point of view. Right. No, I think you made great points there. Um, and I th- I don't really think we have to say much more about it because, like you said, I th- I, there's something more to this story. Something had to have gone on, and, and we haven't For, heard yeah. we haven't heard about it yet. But uh, like you said, it's a sacred place. Um, you know, I know my teams, uh, you know, being – 
my boys being what 17 almost 14 and and 12 years old like they love hanging out in the room they love it, it reminds me of what we used to do as kids right mm-hmm. um i i you know peek my head in my my 12 year old team's locker room and they're having an absolute blast singing songs like laugh and dance i'm like it sounds like a frat party in here you know what i mean <laughs> but like they they're having fun and they're going to cherish those memories forever um so it, and I that's the it, one thing it's really uh i mean personally it's the one yeah. thing that i really missed when i stopped playing you yeah. know you're getting bumps and bruises and your body's kind of starting to fail you but that locker room uh was it was a special place and um you know like when you stop playing that immediately gets ripped away from you so nah. you know these kids are enjoying their time and you know they're making it their own and as long as there's a safe place and i don't think you have to mess with it right and that's the key word there safe place uh what do you think about that nhl red zone uh obviously speaking of bucci he's gonna and, and maybe before that takes place i know it's end of october uh that'll be a pretty good day I think what every team in the league's playing that day, some type of uh, you know a, a game. So it'll be cool to catch the highlight scoring opportunities. It'll be interesting to see how it works because it's yeah. you know it's not such a uh, you know the NFL static right game, yeah. yeah it's a, it's more of a static game where there's with there's whistles every every you know seven seconds and the the red zone and all that stuff, but it'll be interesting to see how it, it, it all works out. And it could be something that, uh, takes you know, off. Yeah. Takes off. Yeah. It's awesome. So, yeah. yeah it, especially awesome. with Bucci, like he's just so passionate and yep. so John Bucci is such a, a hockey guy. And like, you know, at ESPN, there were, you know, times where there weren't many hockey guys. So Melrose and, and Butcher grass yeah. and Steve Levy were kind of like the drivers behind the, the, the hockey and the, the, the highlights and kind of making sure it was, still uh kind of you know i don't know just getting pushed you know instead of you know getting right. pushed to the back but um yeah the nhl uh, red zone is going to be interesting I, I think it's just going to be like a pilot type situation and see how it goes but um i think the uh say production and programming crew will be busy on that stuff you know because they, they're gonna oh, have to be gosh. watching every game and clipping and or not clipping but just like shooting them over to butchie and he'll be he'll be on fire so i would love to get him on before then i'll get i'll, I'll see if we can get him on yeah no definitely be great um all right but as we said on the uh on the bergeron interview we wanted to get to our my hockey rankings question of the week i know it's uh october 11 12 by the time this this episode airs the updated rankings will be out and i know all these teams especially after a big tournament weekend will be excited to see where their teams are ranked so head over to myhockeyrankings.com and check out where your team stacks up uh here's the question here uh a question for the my hockey rankings guys why do you not collect and consider empty net goals in the rankings there is a big difference in the competitive level of game that finishes four to two in a game uh finishes four to two with an empty net goal i am sure they have discussed this amongst themselves before and i would like to know the pros and cons of using the empty net goal data it seems like it would produce more accurate more accurate data in the long run i personally don't feel empty net goals should count in a ranking that measures competition or would the difference be so small it would not matter and that is from brendan that's a great question. You know, it is. Yeah, no, because he's saying you know, like it's really a four-two game versus a three-two game with you know the empty netter. So, um, you know, so they they came back with the answer, and the answer from uh, right from the my hockey rankings guys is empty net goals are not considered for two main reasons. We have twenty uh, twenty-five thousand teams in the system and collect over four hundred thousand game results annually. Empty net goal data is simply not available for all 400,000 game results. Second, empty net goals tend to be statistically irrelevant. While empty net goals may have a minor impact on individual games, they usually even out over the course of the season. A team scores five to seven empty net goals and gives up five to seven empty net goals. To put things in perspective, let's say we were uh, to entertain the idea and review every score sheet for empty net goal data, it would take 
two to three minutes on the low end to review the in individual score sheet and update the empty net goal information in the system. There's 400,000 game results annually. It would take us 1 million man minutes to review and update the data on the conservative side. There are only 525,600 <laughs> minutes in a year. In essence, it would take us a whole year to update a hockey season's worth of empty net goal data if we were hired two-man team to work 27 Twenty-four seven, nonstop, and that's that's coming for me, and that's unbelievable. <laughs> Putting it in perspective, uh, yeah, that'd be a lot of work. Clearly, uh, no, I think that makes sense, and and I think we all know it. it hey, someday, you know, some games, you're right in the mix, right? It's a one goal game, pulling the goalie. I, again, I wouldn't let not pulling the goalie. I wouldn't. Not pull my goalie because I'm thinking about the rankings in the back of my head, right? Like, because yeah. like similar to what Neil to to what Ian says there, um, you know, it, it it kind of is a stat that that all comes out in the wash. Um, you know, one goal, two goals here or there. Like, you know, I'm trying to think of the weekend that that we just had. It, it, you know, I think there was against Dallas, see. they pulled the goalie, right? There was maybe one empty net goal that we scored, but they also pulled the goalie and scored a goal uh, because of the six on five. Right. So it's like all those different variables, right? Yeah, it, I, I would say it'd be interesting to say, or ask your brother about plus minus. Oh, to a, I mean, look at his minuses. <laughs> no, like as an offensive guy, it's like, no, it's he, the worst. You're not he scoring get, as many six on fives as you are getting the empty net goal scored. Goal so, against. Oh. So everyone's like, yeah, yeah, the plus minus washes out in the, uh, you know, comes out in the wash and not for those guys, you know? No. But no. for this for this stat, uh, it makes complete sense, Ian. So thank you for putting a little light on that. Um, and for Brendan, for the great question, because it is, you know, something and that people ask. Now we, like, you talk about learning something new, every day like did you know there was 525,600 minutes in a year uh, i do now <laughs> there you go <laughs> yeah right like always i didn't learning. know that you're always <laughs> learning so i'm gonna i might like tattoo that on my wrist or something just so i'm like oh <laughs> you know it's how been, yeah. do you know how many minutes are there in, uh, are in this year you like <laughs> come on so that is pretty good math i love yeah, it it's pretty good math so no, it's good and really appreciate uh, my hockey rankings and those guys, uh, you know, that breaking that stuff down. I know we've we have a few really, really good, um, you know, ranking specific questions coming up uh, that we've been talking with 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 Ian on. And uh, he's been getting us some answers. And, you know, we have our kind of results, not not results, uh, you know, what we think about it. And I know, like you said, uh, empty net goals. Like I remember one year with, um, you know, Ryan Whitney when he was in. Edmonton. I mean, I, I feel like every game they were in the mix and pull the goalie, offensive guy, and get a dash. dash. Uh, and I know Keith; he had plenty of them wow. overall in his career. And you look and be like, "Oh, you had you know two assists, and you were minus two or something like that." So, that I mean, you want to be out there at the end of the game, but that's the exactly the, the rub on it when you're down a goal. Oh, I can remember. I mean, even myself, I'm sure you were the same way. Sometimes you're out there at the end of the game and you're like, no, please, like, just don't go in when that guy takes that shot. Uh, <laughs> speaking of empty net goals, do, do we have time for, for, for like another minute or two? Yeah, sure. So, what is your take on a player shooting, shooting for the empty net? when the goalie's pulled because, and I'll, I'll say this. If you watch the NHL now, like when, when we were younger, if we didn't get the red line, we heard about it. Yeah. My father was going to lose his mind on us um, and fight like to get to that red line. But now, and the, I feel like the same way was the, it, it was the same way in the NHL now. And I think, it's had to be backed by analytical data yeah, that they're telling them to go for the empty net from anywhere on the ice. Exactly. Well, so I think, you know, it's a um, kind of a decision that needs to be made, split-second decision 
meaning if you have full possession and you're on your forehand and you can make it hard, you know, I, I would say go for it, you know, yeah. with, you know, and you're right that data does support it, the analytics, but. Well, what does it support? The fact, okay, if you go for it and miss that the chances of the other team winning the next face off and scoring. Yeah. Or like making a soft play and them keeping it, keeping it in at the, the blue line and, you know, maintaining offensive zone pressure with okay. a little more scramble. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I think you got, you know, to rely on your centers because you can ice the game in these certain guys are like so good. And like you, you mess around after practice and you play a little game or whatever, but I would say that you hit it on the head with the, you know, the change in the say approach, right? right. You know, I, I would never shoot for the empty net. Never, no. never. So, but, but now, um, like I get it. And well, I couldn't lift it either. That <laughs> no, but it's like firing it down there. But also, so my thing is that like, I don't mind it, especially, and I'm talking more at the younger age groups now, right? Where we don't have analytical data and we don't know who the hell is going to win a face off and, and who's not. And it's just, we're just not there yet stat wise. Right. Cause they're still little kids. But uh, my thing, I guess, is like, and I talked to my guys about it the uh, the other day, is like if you have room mm-hmm. and you could potentially pick your head up and skate the puck out of our D zone and get to the red line, you should do it. Yeah. Right? If you don't and it's that split-second decision and you have to just fire it out and go for the empty net, you know, again, I'm still kind of fine fine with that. I don't think that's something that, like, like I said, back in the day, that was like a huge, huge no-no. Yeah, just make it hard though. Like, right? If it goes in, it goes in. But you want to make sure you clear the zone. It's got to get cleared, right? Right. Yeah, and then if, I mean, I was always, I always, but, and if like, you can take like the extra step if you're in the neutral zone and get to the red line, like you got to do it. Right. Yeah. So like the, yeah, the red line does have to be a feet. right. The red line has to be a priority. But yeah, I mean, I, I think guess you, I you know, no, I think you're teaching them the right thing. I mean, you know, we're talking about NHL stuff, and as it kind of works its way down through the youth levels, um, I mean, I think it's just coaching preference, though, too. You know, mm-hmm. but I do think that there is some value to you know, protecting your puck along the wall and just getting it out, you know, like, yep. especially if you're under pressure or if it's on your backhand, you, I mean, it's a no-no to, you know, try and, I mean, some guys can do it, but, you know, try and elevate it over someone or whatever. I always liked making it hard off the glass, right? And then it could hit yep. a, a glove, it could do whatever, but trying to get them, you know, into their zone, they have to come through five of you, make them come 200 you feet. Fresh legs. Yeah, there's 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 so many benefits, but you know, icing a game is pretty nice though too. So, I think you know, it boils down to yeah, co- coaching preference, covering the, uh, you know, the 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 two goal. What's it the 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 puck line on Bet Online, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah, the two goal <laughs> differential. Differential. So, yeah. Hey. I, I get it. It is what it is. But no, it was it, something that's come up. And obviously, you know, while we were on the topic of yeah. empty net goals, it's, uh, it's, you know, I know my father, he's still fighting for, you better get the red line, kid. Well, back in the day, I, um, you know, we would be getting on, I think we, I, I talked about this with, uh, when Parisi came on. Okay. But, but it's, you know, there was this thing, these stats. It was goals by situation. You know, it was like go-ahead goals, first period goals, second period goals, like all the way through. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you go on a road trip, you know, they give you per diem. So you're getting on the bus. I'm like, Zach, empty net goals are per diem for you. Like, it's yeah. not like you're going to get on that bus and not take that envelope full of money. Right. <laughs> so Goals by situation, empty net goals. Alex Ovechkin, 44. Brad Marchand, 32. Blake Wheeler, 28. Zach Parisi, 27. And then three players tied with 26. So he took Mott's advice, you know? Seriously. Look at you pulling the stats out. I know, right? No, because I I took a screenshot and sent it to him. 
<laughs> I'm like, I was going to say, there's no, no way you can like Google while we're having this conversation. Like that, that, that had to have been something you found in your phone. Yeah, I know it was that screenshot. And I was like, Hey, hope you well. And he's looking to possibly resign with uh, the Islanders and he's taking his time with it. So oh, I was just checking in with him, but I had to send him that, you know, send him the per DM screenshot. <laughs> That's great stuff. Well, uh, Mott's fun catch up here. Obviously, uh, you know, a lot of good stuff was was touched on. I'm glad the the weekends went well for everybody. Um, and uh, I think it's it, it's time to wrap things up. I think, um, you know, just to just to remind everybody that this episode is sponsored by Bet Online. And um, I think it's time to cue the rink shrink shuffle jersey. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.